Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. back to another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast. As you know, it's the most important podcast in the universe. Today is Tuesday. Did you know that? It is. I'm here to inform you that today, because of the calendars and the Mayans and the sun and how we rotate this universe and this world, it is Tuesday. Um, that means you can check out Ray's waiver column up on Roto World. That means if you enjoy this episode at all, you can subscribe to the podcast because we have another episode on Thursday and another episode on Friday. And also, we have the final the final Roto World Live of the season this coming Sunday, noon Eastern on Roto World's YouTube page. Uh, we had great support this past week, one of our highest shows all season long. And so those of you that are still kicking it in the playoffs, join us. We will preview matchups. We'll answer your questions. Um, we'll talk about the games, all that good stuff. So again, noon Eastern this coming Sunday, but again, there's plenty of time before then and plenty of content headed your way on Thursday and Friday on this very episode of the podcast. But today, as always, it is Ray Summerlin. Ray, um, we record this at halftime on Monday night. We won't start from the beginning of this conversation, but Ciara, Sierra is yeah. the halftime show. That's correct. Um, I, I would consider her a, at first I thought a one-hit wonder. She's. She, I don't think she's a one-hit wonder. I think that there's one song that I associate with her, and that's One Two Step, which I still, Correct. it comes on, I'm dancing. I love that song. I don't even care. Came out in 2004. I looked it up. You and I, I, I think it's safe to say shocked that that song came Stunned. out in 2004. I, I said 2007 was probably the earliest I would go with that. Yeah, like that was that was crazy because 2004, that was all Usher. Like that was all Usher. So I don't Usher? even know how that song, thank you. I don't yeah, even yeah, know yeah. how that I don't even know how that song like escaped the gravitational pull of confessions. <laughs> like I have no idea how it would even, I don't even know how it got out of that, but I, I, I still, I mean, to this day, I love that song, but it, it brought me to a Wikipedia dive as what, how I waste most of my time brought uh-huh. me to the top 10 songs, according to billboards during the two thousands, the best selling and most played songs. Yeah. Is obviously on there, but it's number two. Oh, it's not even so number one. So what do so, you think number one is? Okay. Of the two thousands here. Yeah. So this is not the nineties, and I believe Backstreet Boys Millennium came out before two thousand. That, so that, that is correct. That, there there's no Backstreet Boys or yeah, in sync on here. 
Uh, there is. There's also no Justin Timberlake, which is surprising. Ish. That like, like Crimea River would be on there in two thousands, maybe. Well, I mean, um, sexy back. Oh, true. Um, okay, is it a band or is it a solo artist? It is a solo artist. It is a solo artist. Is it just like pop? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, she would probably describe herself. She? I'm giving it away. She would probably describe herself a little bit R and B, but I I would consider her pop. Stay is there. it Kelly Clarkson? It's not, but I offended that you would that you would think that she's so an R and B. It is "We Belong Together" by the Queen herself, Mariah Carey. Oh, really? That's disappointing. That's, it is disappointing, right? Lowe's on that list. Black Eyed Peas are on this list twice, which that's disappointing. That's super disappointing. <laughs> I mean, Nickelback, that, that is very much the two thousands. Nickelback is fifth with "How You Remind Me." How You Remind Me was fifth. Not not the worst jam in the world. Get out of here, man. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Like, you talk about, this is at least what I listened to, and this was during that time period of, of high school for me. And yeah. I'm not saying we listened to Nickelback, but in locker rooms, after practices, before games, all that stuff, it was There's like... There's a lot of a Finn sevenfold. It was like a P.O.D. Yeah. It was, it was Hoobastank. There's a lot um, of tool in a perfect circle going on, disturbed. Yeah, it, and it was like Lincoln Park. One more thing on this, uh, because it's, I'm shocked by this. Number 10 is Apologize by Timbaland featuring One Republic. I, uh, obviously, I know that song, and I knew it was a big song, but 10th? Like, that was the 10th biggest song of the 2000s? Is, okay, is this just by how many times it was played or how many times it was purchased? Yeah, this is best-selling and most-played songs during the 2000s. That's what this Wikipedia entry is. That's, I, that's deeply confusing. I, w- I want to recount. Um, I know this is in the sure 2000s, Ray, but in your opinion, the best Britney Spears song of all time is? Um, Probably Hit Me Baby One More Time, right? Okay. I was going to go Sometimes. I'm a big fan of Sometimes. Yeah, Sometimes isn't bad. Sometimes yeah. isn't bad. I think it's I like do, the under I mean, the radar one. You know, I, I always go. But, or, or like uh, toxic. Poison. Toxic. Is, toxic. Toxic. That's a song. Now, to- Toxic is a music video, sir. That's what that <laughs> how, do get, how do we get on to Britney Spears? <laughs> um, anyways, you guys can tweet us your favorite Britney Spears songs as well. Uh, okay. Uh, Ray, let's keep it going with this week's waivers. Obviously, it's an important week, you know. There are eight teams left. No, four teams left, I guess. Four teams left. Wow. And there are changes happening this week in backfields and at wide receiver groups. Ray, talking about the 2000s, it feels like that's when we were talking about Kenneth Dixon as a very good player. (laughs) But this might be the first time we've actually seen it on the field. There's some promise here for the role and the talent of Kenneth Dixon heading into week 15 of the 2018 season. Yeah, I mean, he's played well since returning. He has 96 yards on 16 carries in two games, and that uh, includes eight carries in each of the two games. So, like, he's been very, very consistent with that work. Also had a goal line look against the Chiefs, and he converted that for a three-yard touchdown. Normally, you would look at that kind of usage, and you wouldn't you wouldn't say much about it, especially at this point in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's unlikely that a team that's still alive needs a running back that's going to get you eight, eight carries. But John Harbaugh came out and said on Monday that they think Dixon's role is going to grow. He's been yep. very effective. Gus Edwards has been fine, but I guess maybe not not exactly what they're looking for. Dixon can actually catch passes, which makes could make their offense a little bit more versatile, especially if they decide to go back to Joe Flacco, which at this point when we're recording, we still really don't know what's going to happen. So I, I'm interested to see what happens. I think that, that makes Dixon worth adding. I, I will say I think the most likely outcome here is that we have a very 
disappointing timeshare with with Edwards, with Dixon, and also with Ty Montgomery, in which case you, you really don't want to start any of those guys. But with their schedule, with how well they've been running the ball, with how well Dixon's been playing, I think it at least makes sense to you know pick him up and, and see what happens. At the very least, we know he's more dynamic than Gus Edwards, right? Like yeah. Gus Edwards is your straight line, north-south runner that knows where he's supposed to go uh, in, in terms of lanes and holes, and that's where he's going. Kim Dixon can do that, and Kim Dixon can create yards on his own as well. Were you a fan of Dixon coming out of Louisiana Tech? I thought he was interesting. I thought he was fun to watch. Like, yeah. I, he, but he he doesn't look like the same player at this point. Like physically, like he is. He well, is he's a like twenty nine now compared to twenty one back then. So sure, he's a lot bigger than what than what I recall. So, uh, but he has had like I'm not going to say a string of of bad luck because some of it was his own fault, right? But he he was injured like immediately. Yeah. Then he was suspended. And really, this is the first time that we've and like there were periods where we thought he was going to be off the Ravens roster, right? Like he had no future yeah. with this team. I think I think like he had like one little like it was almost like a four game stretch. I, it's off the top of my head, so I don't. If I'm wrong about this, I apologize. But he had this one little stretch, and we all went, "Oh, this is what he can be." And then I believe that's when the suspension happened. So right. yeah, it's it's been a little bit of luck. I mean, un, he was unlucky this year that he ended up getting hurt in week one, and then you know had to had to spend the rest of that season on or most of the season on IR. So yeah, there's been a bit of unluckiness there, but we'll have to, we'll have to see. I I mean, I have to imagine that if this is a team that's going to stick with Lamar Jackson, that they, and I mean, we're looking forward now here because that's, that's mostly what we're going to be doing for the next, what, seven months now. Like this seems like a team that might want to invest in a running back, right? No, I'm totally cool with Kenneth Dixon having 100 yards rushing in the last three games of the season and investing way too high in him come next <laughs> next August. Pulling an Alex am, Collins with Kenneth Dixon. <laughs> I am so in on that. So in on that. Uh, let's keep it going with another running back, Ray, who opened the season really as an injured player, third string running back. And now it seems like he's the primary ball carrier because of other injuries. And that is Elijah McGuire with Jets. Yeah, and there's, I mean, we we open with Kenneth Dixon, so that should tell you that there's not that much to talk about. Hey, the... I love both these guys' prospects, so, I mean, I don't see what the problem here is. Fair enough. But, yeah, there's not a lot to get excited about. I mean, if you have a semifinal fantasy football team, you're probably not going to get excited about either of these players. But you have sure, to say... Sure, but, but, but let me say this, Ray. Sure. Like, those same teams probably got to the playoffs with James Conner, with Kareem Hunt. And so it's possible yeah. that they have have, you know, openings at the running back position. Sure. I will say that I mean last week was such a good week for running backs. I think a lot of those have been filled. Yeah. I will say Justin Jackson's still out there in 45% of Yahoo leagues. And he didn't look obviously didn't have a great game this week, but it looks like Austin Eckler might sit out Thursday. So, you know, he's another guy that you could you could pick up. So there are you're right. There there could be some holes to fill. And for McGuire, I mean it it seems like Isaiah Crowell is going to miss this week. It doesn't seem like it's there's much good news about him after he left that game against Buffalo early. And McGuire filled in as as pretty clearly the lead back. Trenton Cannon Got a touchdown, but I mean, McGuire easily outsnapped him, easily outproduced him. He ended up with 60 yards and a touchdown on 17 carries. I mean, you look at this and you go, well, I don't know how much upside is there. I mean, it's not like Isaiah Crowell had been setting the world on fire. He had one touchdown since week five. He had topped 50 yards once over that stretch. 
And it's not a great matchup this week against the Texans. So there's not a ton to like here about McGuire, but I do think if he's the lead back at the Jets, he could be a he could be a flex option for teams that you're right, might have lost a lost a couple running backs along the way. Ray, what kind of a sleeper are you? Are you a, um, are you like a side sleeper? Are you a stomach sleeper? Are you a back sleeper? I'm a I'm a stomach sleeper who's also extremely violent. Uh, there's a there's <laughs> there's a lot of flipping. My wife tells me I do this move, which oh, no. uh, if you've ever met me, Josh has met me. Yeah, you're you, a real you're hugger. Be I, I no, not that. I'm a I'm a large individual, and so you're going to be impressed by this move I'm able to do. I, I throw myself in the air off my stomach, and then in midair do a corkscrew and turn what? and land back on the bed, and then all while asleep apparently. So yes, I I think violent would be the way I would describe my sleep. But continue on if you're. Are, are you practicing barrel barrel rolls in in bed at night? I don't know. Like I I feel like I'm Ron Swanson, the sleep fighter. Wow. Like I I just like. <laughs> I'm always I'm always in movement. Right, you were probably a Olympic diver in a past life. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I have weird body control for being a large man. I'll tell you that. Well, I'll tell you what. This read has gone off the deep end. No pun intended with your Olympic <laughs> no, diving. Continue, continue. Uh, but this is for Purple Mattress. You know, Purple Mattress just started their sponsorship with us last week. So go and support them. Um, Purple Mattress, Ray, will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Well. You experience a lot, apparently, but it because it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist, not a fake one, an actual one. The purple material feels very unique because it's both firm and soft. Doesn't that sound great, Ray? Like, if you like firm mattresses, hey, purple mattress for you. If you like soft ones, it's for you as well. So it keeps everything supported while feeling really, really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool as well. Here's my pitch to you. 100-night free risk trial if you're not fully satisfied, you can return it at any moment for a full refund, backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns. Again, this is Purple Mattress. You're going to love it. The best way to do it, plus you get a free Purple Pillow, text ROTO to 474747. The only way to get this free pillow is to text ROTO to 474747 when you purchase your Purple Mattresses. Again, ROTO. 474747 message and data rates may apply. Ray, I'm learning so much about you today. Uh, let's keep it going <laughs> with Curtis Samuel, who has supplanted Devin Funches as the Panthers wide receiver too. Yeah, we talked about this last week, and I, I ended up not having Samuel as high in, in my rankings as I as I should have. I, I had him, I think, third, so it wasn't like I had him buried. But we were worried last week that what we saw from Funches, the usage we saw from Funches, was because he was coming back from an injury and it appears that that's not the case. It appears that the Panthers have decided that DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are their future wide receiver. Devin Funches is a free agent after this year, and that they're just going to you know use them as the top two wide receivers. I completely support that decision, but it has resulted in some pretty good fantasy days for Curtis Samuel. He has 19 targets total the last two games. Last week, he had eight targets. He turned those into 80 yards on four catches. And he's a playmaker. He's a guy that's going to do a lot whenever he touches the ball. He's a guy that can create big plays. And especially with you know the, the struggles Cam Newton's having right now with his shoulder, that's something that they desperately need. So I think that at this point, Curtis Samuel is a, a viable flex play. They don't really have a great matchup this week, but I think that he is a viable guy that you can, that you can put in the lineups. You know, I, I was tweeting basically exactly what you said today about Devin Funches, and I'm amazed at how little respect he gets as a player. Um, like, I'm not saying Devin Funches is a great NFL receiver, but to me, Ray, he's a starting caliber wide receiver that is still just 24 years old. 
and yeah. that can help a team and it won't be the Panthers, but because he'll probably get like eight, nine million dollars a year by a team that is paying just a, a rookie contract quarterback. But I mean, where are you at on Devin Funches? Like, yeah, I think that what's really impressive about Funches, I didn't like him. And I think we even argued about Funches yeah. when he was when he was coming out of school. I didn't like him very much. And I think that he's done a lot to improve his game and to prove his ability to use his size, which is something that he he wasn't always the best at. And it's something he has to do because I don't think he's ever going to be a player that creates a ton of separation. Although I believe he's also gotten better at that as well. So I agree with you. I think that he's become a bit underrated. I think he's he's kind of like lost. Like I think people kind of think he's Kelvin Benjamin. Right, and he's not and he's at all. He's not. He's just, that's just not who he is. I think he's a pretty good player. I agree with you. I think he's going to maybe get a surprising contract. Like maybe he's this year's Dante Moncrief. And we look at the contract and go, I didn't really expect him to get that. Yeah. And I mean, obviously not comparing him to Moncrief as a player, but just saying that like the contract might be bigger than we than we expect. And he might end up on a contender and doing pretty well. So yeah, I, I agree with you that he's not maybe getting that respect. I just don't really think he fits what the Panthers want their offense to be at this point. Correct. I, I would agree with that. But it's 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 interesting because even when he – I mean, he made plays earlier in the season, and it's just like since he had this back injury, it's kind of gone south since then completely. Yeah. Um, okay, let's keep it going with Kenny Stills, Ray. Uh, Kenny Stills is a player that I liked a lot heading into the season. There has been nothing that has gone right for the Dolphins on offense despite them winning so many games. At least nothing was was – being able to predict it. It wasn't predictable, but we got to see Kenny Stills post a bunch of points and really be a, a go-to target for Ryan Daniel this past weekend against the Patriots. Yeah. And it wasn't just you who liked him in the preseason. It was also, I mean, Everyone. it was also everybody, everybody <laughs> liked. He was my Kenny, must have. That's Kenny, why I said that. Yeah. I mean, like everybody liked him and he's been mostly disappointment to this point, but last week he comes in, he catches four passes, 37 yards and a touchdown against the Bills. You start to look at it and go, all right, maybe something's happening here. And then he goes to face the Patriots, and he just absolutely dusts them. 135 yards, another score against them. He was a target on nine of Ryan Tannehill's 19 attempts in that contest. He caught eight of 14 completions of Ryan Tannehill's 14 completions. He was the only player on the roster who caught more than one pass. So, like, he was the focal really? point of the offense. And all of this all of this production, interestingly, comes after, if you want to take a, you know, a – a, jolt, a stroll down narrative street comes after he complained about his role. And then all of a sudden his, his role has kind of grown, which is interesting. I will say his matchups the rest of the way are not good. He gets the Vikings, the Jaguars and the bills to close out the season, which is not, not excellent, which is not great. But I think that if he's going to be getting this kind of volume with Ryan Tannehill, by the way, who refuses to quit throwing touchdown passes, his, we talk about Russell Wilson a lot and what he's doing, but Ryan Tannehill's touchdown percentage is still above 8%. I believe it's 8.1%. I also believe Ryan Tannehill is undefeated in his last like nine games at Miami. Yeah, it's something – there's something weird going on with the Dolphins. Uh, let, sure. Let's just say that. There's something <laughs> something weird going on. I think that's fair to say. I, I would, Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not going on a limb there. So, yeah, so I think that there's something here for Kenny Stills. Those matchups kind of make me wary, but I do think that he can provide some value, especially in deeper leagues. I believe he was also the person who caught the – beginning of the play that ended up the Kenyon Drake touchdown. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's true. There, there were a few fantasy scores this week that I was having, I was disgruntled by. I was being a Scrooge with Ray. Um, one was that final play because Kenyon Drake gets all the credit for the entire thing, right? No, I don't believe so. When I was looking, cause there were a couple of those plays. Okay. Um, there was another one. Someone else ran a hook and lateral. Oh, oh the, Pittsburgh did before they missed the field. Right. Goal. 
And um, and I think that it works out that like the the player that catches the ball gets as many yards as they got, and then after the lateral, the other player gets it. As as I was looking at the box scores, that's how okay. that's how it appeared it was scored. To be. Okay. The other fantasy conundrum that I was putting my brain in a pretzel about was I don't know if you saw the Falcons Packers game this weekend. Yeah. Um, but when they were driving the Falcons to score, I think they were inside the 20 and Muhammad Sanu went in motion and the ball was snapped and it hit off <laughs> Sanu's leg. And then the defense yeah. recovered it. That was determined to be a fumble by Matt Ryan. I didn't know that. That's absurd. Absolutely absurd. It wasn't his fault. He didn't even touch the football in the entire thing. And who even knows? I will say Matt Ryan the ball. take the blame. Right. Matt Ryan took the blame for it after the game said that he messed up the timing somehow. So maybe the box, maybe the box score people are, were just, they knew what was going to happen. I and don't know. It, but yeah, that play, that play was a, that play was a microcosm of the Falcon yeah. season. <laughs> it was just like all this talent. And I know they've had injuries. They've certainly had injuries on defense, but it's just, it's so disappointing what their offense has been the last month. And, and then one final thing I have, that's an issue with fantasy scoring is when there is a turnover on downs. Ray, don't you believe that that should count as a turnover for the def- defense? I'd never really actually thought about it, but yeah, that makes sense. I would have to really kind of go through and think about what that would mean. But yeah, that's a that's a turnover, I suppose. But I mean, then, but it's not really that much different than a punt. But yeah, it is I, because uh, you get the ball forty yards uh, in advance, right? You get the ball wherever. Maybe the- I mean, it depends on. It depends on where they where they decided to go for it. If they went for it at the goal line, you'd almost rather them kick the field Correct. goal at that point. No, I think now that I think about it, no. Okay. Because I don't I think it's it. that much different. I don't think it's that much different than a okay. punt. But I am willing. I am willing to be convinced. I am sitting at a lawn cha- lawn table in a, in a park with a sign on my thing. I'm willing to be convinced. Well, when we don't go through the 90 songs next time, we'll talk about that to start the <laughs> podcast. We also need to tell you about draft.com quickly. Draft.com is different than any other DFS platform you use. We talk about every single week rather than salary cap based DFS. Nope. You draft your lineup. It's just a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers. And that's it. Once you draft it, it's set. You forget it. You don't have to have those Sunday morning sweats trying to tinker your lineup. Nope. It's, it's done for you. Uh, the best way to do it is to go to draft.com slash rotoworld or enter promo code rotoworld when you download the app in Google Play or the App Store uh, because they get you a free $3 entry when you have your first deposit. Again, go check out draft.com. They are good people over there. Uh, Ray, you also want to talk about Dante Pettis, and it's even more timely because one, Marquise Goodwin still is not a part of an offense, of the offense, and two, um, Pierre Garçon is now headed to injured reserve. Yeah, I just wanted to mention real quick because we talked, I think, last week about about we were worried about Marquise Goodwin returning to the lineup and limiting Pettis's role, but that did not happen at all this this past weekend. Both Pettis and Kendrick Bourne actually outsnapped Goodwin. Pettis led the receivers with seven targets. G turned into three catches for forty nine yards and a touchdown. He now has four touchdowns in his last three games. Nick Mullins is putting up big numbers. I actually think Nick Mullins, if you're really really desperate, Nick Mullins could be an an option this week against the Just Seahawks like and Pettis. I know. And Pettis smoked those Seahawks for 129 yards and two scores in week 13. So I think that Pettis now, now that we know that he's going to be the number one wide receiver, even with Goodwin back, I think he's firmly in that wide receiver three conversation. It can be, should be rostered in all. Would ways. you start him over like Tyler Boyd? Yeah, I think I would. I mean, I, I have to look so well They're The Bengals are playing the Raiders. I'd have to dig deep. I think they're in the same place. Like, yeah. I think they're in the same part of the same rankings. tier. And so I don't think, yeah, I don't think it would be crazy to say that 
to say that you would start him over over Boyd. Ray, do you have any deep cuts? You have a few. I mean, the Buffalo running backs, I guess we have to talk about Chris Ivory and Marcus Murphy. We'll see what happens with LaShawn McCoy and his hamstring injury. I, I don't have them in the ads because I don't like LaShawn McCoy hasn't been doing anything in that offense. I don't know how you're going to get excited about Chris Ivory, which by the way, he, he suffered an injury as well. So we don't really know what, what his status is either. I don't know how you're going to get excited about either he or, or Marcus Murphy, the Broncos wide receivers. I might be able to be convinced on Deshaun Hamilton and Tim sure, Patrick, sure. Tim Patrick had, he, he had, so I, let me talk about Tim Patrick first because I didn't put him in the ads. And I, I think that he had 10 targets in that game. He actually had one more than Hamilton and that might seem weird, but Patrick was playing on the outside. He's kind of playing in the role that Cortland Sutton plays as well. And I think that there's a, that overlap might make it difficult for Patrick to continue kind of doing what he did, at least against the 49ers. That's not true of Hamilton, who just basically stepped right into that Emmanuel Sanders role, playing a lot of slot uh, snaps in the slot. I think he's a good player. I don't know if he's a great wide receiver, but I think he's a pretty good wide receiver. And I think he can be productive if they're going to continue to give him those targets. So especially in deep leagues, I think he's a, he's a name to pay attention. Right. That's it. That's all we got. Thanks so much for That's joining all. me, buddy. Um, Ray's waiver column is up on Roto World right now. He's also host the Thursday episode of this podcast, and I'll be back on Friday. So again, subscribe, rate and review, share if you want to. Um, it all helps us out. We'll talk to you all soon. See ya. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's for a limited time.